happy moment in time, my friends, my family, my fellow beings of light here in the world. As always, welcome to Monk on the Mountain podcast, where I am super excited to bring to you another guest, another person on the path, helping to walk us home, conscious mentor, Jacob Goodson, the whistling merchant. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Sean. Yeah, it's it's awesome to be here. It's so awesome to meet another conscious man on the path, because like we we're talking about earlier, it's so rare to find like the masculine energy because of the society we live in where men are just shown that it's, it's not good to show your emotions. And it's good to be here so we can, you know, we can help bring that change to this world. Yeah, I'm so glad that that's the first thing that you said, <laughs> because it is so true. It is so true. The divine masculine has been wounded almost. And there's a lot of unhealed masculine in our society today. And part of what this world needs is the divine masculine to be healed, to come into its full acknowledgement, its full power, so that it can also support and grow the divine feminine aspect in the world and within each of us. You know, we need to have that harmony of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And I think that as a culture, generationally, the man has been put into this box where it ha- you have to be a certain way, you have to think a certain way, you, you can't show your emotions, you have to be strong. And all that has led to kind of some of the things that we're experiencing today in a big way. So let's start with you. How did you stumble on igniting your consciousness and moving into this frequency in your own life? Well, so for me, um, before I got started on this conscious path, I'm actually, I did four years in the Navy. And then I got out and then I got into this relationship. Right. And, oh man, like it started out as just like infatuation, I guess, you know, and then it became super toxic. Like I'm sure a lot of people, there was a lot of drugs involved in that relationship, just stuff like that. And it just led to like a lot of bad things. And like my mind, I kind of just like, I could feel myself like, okay, I know what I want, but I kept giving my power away to this person because, you know, I was like, oh, well, I shouldn't use my voice. I shouldn't speak up. I'm just going to like stay. I'm just going to I'm just going to roll with the punches of this relationship. And then one night I was like, out of nowhere, I just started having like this like mental breakdown. And, you know, my partner was over. I was literally like on the floor, like in a ball. I just started like crying, just, you know, all this. And then ever since that night, like I just kind of was diving deeper. I began my meditation practice more. I just the deeper secrets of just like the human psyche, all these things that we hide about ourselves that we don't want to share with anyone else. That's kind of just what I, I just wanted to explore that aspect of myself more because I wanted to understand why I was suppressing that version of myself with my, you know, past relationships. I don't think it's, you know, it's not healthy to be in a relationship, whatever the other person's views are, you shouldn't have to suppress yourself to please them. And so that's like, for me, one of the bigger things that got me started. I just wanted to understand like why certain people do certain things, you know? Yeah. I think that that's a golden quote we just said that you shouldn't have to suppress yourself to please anyone else. And, and that's so true. And I think that our life is kind of like based around that in a lot of ways, like our jobs, society, relationships is, is suppressing certain aspects of our own self because we want to be fully accepted and, and we don't want to be cast out or like there's like a goal in mind. And in that you're not honoring 
your absolute self, like your truest self. And uh, anybody who's listened to the show, uh, they they probably know my story as well. My awakening, my like reawakening, I should say, was on the cusp of a toxic relationship as well. Okay. So I kind of know exactly what that's like. I want to ask you, so like in my interpretation of what you're saying, like you were in a space where you had like this internal strife happening, a, con- a deep constriction and the relationship wasn't feeding your soul in a certain sense. What was it like when you started meditating? What was it like the movement inside of you emotionally and energetically as you you started taking up these new habits and this new lifestyle? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome for saying that. So that's actually a really good, uh, a really good like leeway. Cause for me, that meditation that I started doing, and it was actually like, I even started like inviting her. I was like, Hey, you know, do you want to start like meditating with me and stuff to like, see kind of where she was at. And you know, it never happened, you know, of course, but <laughs> for me personally, like you're saying, like what I was able to feel within me, it was like, I could feel my, my voice was kind of, you know, emerging within me, the power of myself. I was able to have like that that strength, the root shock were like really grounding me, just like giving me a stable foundation to, you know, use my voice. A lot of like time in that relationship, I kind of felt like a ghost just being like pulled along, rolling with everything. But as I gained my own like metaphysical, like foundation of just getting more in touch with myself, I was able to open up and kind of lead a more fulfilling, you know, purpose and just chasing after what I want, speaking my voice making myself heard. So I think that's such a crucial part because that meditation, all that, it kind of helps you fade out the noise because you're really honing in to your true frequency. Through meditation, we can reach the true, the true reality because I call this physical reality, I call it secondary reality. And the metaphysical, the energetic, I call that primary reality because through meditation, that is our truth. We all are, we are manifestations of the energetic before we come into the physical. And so through meditation, we can connect to who and what we truly are as beings of purified light. But we've become so lost in the speed and the chaos of this modern society that we forgot what it really means to be beings of pure light, of love, of unconditional love, of acceptance, of open-mindedness, of joy. So yeah, I just have to say again, like that meditation, it was crucial and it, it really just, it kind of reoriented like the building blocks, if you will, the puzzle pieces into the way that they were truly meant to be. Yeah. So I resonate 100% with what you said. And the thing that I love the most is that you're using meditation as the foundational aspect of this connection between your source nature, your light nature and your physical reality, you have to do the meditation because it takes you out of the information perspective of everything in your reality, the speed of it. Like when your eyes are open, we're taking in information constantly. Our ears are open and we're taking in information constantly. And and we're designed to process that information to kind of like paint the picture of our lives. And then our thoughts, we articulate like an image of our life as a whole. And then that becomes our identity or our perspective on our reality. The meditation makes it so all of that information is quieted. All of the parts of you that are trying to identify and label is gone. And you are just left with the awareness of your actual being state. And that being state is what we describe as like your frequency. So like if you're a person that's like really like angry all the time, or you have a lot of like 
stress in you, when you go to meditate, you'll recognize that you're holding on to this frequency of density and you'll be able to feel that in yourself. And when you do that, you can then release it and bring yourself back to your natural state. And the key and the point of doing that is because if you have like a baseline frequency that let's say you never meditated before, you were at like the mercy of your life and the events around you happening. When you meditate, you start to increase that baseline frequency. And the more that you meditate and the more that you seek, like you said, the unconditional love frequency, which is of source nature and and of evolution and consciousness, then your base frequency takes on a whole different level of life. And now you have a completely new lens. So when you do open your eyes, when you do open your ears, it's filtered in such a way that you're seeing it through an open heart, through an open mind. You're more powerful. You're more creative. You're not at the mercy of events outside yourself. And you're acting as God intended you to be, which is yourself. And that's, that's incredible. And that's like, it's so simple that that's the way to grow. And I love that that's like your testimony, basically. You now got out of that relationship and you had enormous growth. And now I'm sure that you've learned from all the different trauma that you've been through and you're offering people wisdom through your experience of trauma healing. Is that right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, one thing I wanted just to say, like, I wanted to like comment on what you said. I thought it was like really awesome. You were talking about meditation, bringing you to like the state of stillness, kind of like being still, like it kind of phase out the extra information. And I think that's so awesome. Also, I was talking about that. I mean, one of my other posts, I said, at our core, we are beings of stillness. Mm. And I just, I just think that was cool that you said that because it's like kind of the same thing, you know, we are beings at, at our core, we are beings of stillness. And that meditation, it really just kind of phase everything out to let you know who you truly are as a being of stillness, of awareness. But yeah, the trauma, oh man, that is definitely like, something that I just really feel like I just want to bring to people, you know, as something that I can help them if they're having trouble finding their voice in their relationship, if they need to understand why something is happening or what could be causing them to be feeling certain ways or why their partner may be abusing them in a certain way, verbally, mentally, physically, you know, all these different aspects that can come into play in their relationship that's not based in unconditional love. And as you were saying, you know, based on my experiences of having no one there to support me, I kind of had to learn to become my own support. And so now I kind of, I really, really deeply feel connected to providing that pathway, kind of a survival guide, if you will, for other people that are seeking this kind of consolement. Yeah. And the world can't get enough of those type of people. And I've said this before, and it's one of my favorite things to recognize in fellow spiritualists is that once you reach a level of consciousness within yourself, the service like kicks in. You're like, I want to serve this world. I want to serve this universe. And in doing so, I want to grow in my own right. And I want to learn. And we are learning through our levels of service. And it's pretty crazy to think about how simple it is to help other people when you have this frequency within yourself because you can clearly see, it's like you become them almost and you can see exactly what they've taken into themselves from an energetic point. A lot of people think that like the psychic nature of this is like you hear people's thoughts and it's like you don't hear people's thoughts. You feel their energy and then you decode it in your own thoughts with your own intelligence and your own frequency. So you're like taking the energy and from their lens, the energy looks a certain way, which is giving them their trauma. 
from your mm. lens, that energy, you can see the solution. And we bridge that. And that's how we help people. That's how we bring our healing that we've done into in ourselves into their experience. And there's nothing more powerful than that because I'm sure you've seen it with the people you work with and I have in my own works and offerings. The transformation mm. is so real. It's so validating to the work and to consciousness. And it's so rewarding to both sides because seeing somebody blossom and shine and be themselves and knowing that you had any part in that, you, don't, you can't take the credit for it. They're doing their own work. You can lead them to the path. They have to do that themselves. But going through the storm, going through the darkness, not losing your light makes your light so powerful that it can shine on everyone. So thank you for doing that. Now I want to ask, this is like a, I think this is a really important question that I've, I've wanted to ask somebody for a long time. You were in the Navy, you're in the military. And a lot of people that I've met that went to the military or friends that I had previous to the military and then out of the military, it like messes with like your mind state in a way where this is my feeling. I could be wrong. And first off, I just want to honor everybody who has the courage to go leave their families and hometowns and, and learn how to defend our country. So let me just put that out there. My dad was in the army. I love all of you guys, but I do fear for the quality of your life after being programmed to basically being trained to kill and being trained to take life. And in the, in the way of like, you're a protector, but you're being sent as an asset into these places and you have to fall in regimen, you know? So what is it like now from a person that's achieved like this state of unconditional love in themselves and glimpses of, of enlightenment and consciousness within your experience? What was it like having gone through the military and then coming into these experiences and also all of the friends and dear ones that you've made in your, you know, in their relationships within the military? How, can you tell us about that? So I just want to say, I think it's amazing that you asked that because I made a post about this exact thing a couple of weeks ago. So I will be more than happy to, um, you know, say that. So how I perceive it as I was talking about um, in relation to like the mindset, you know, in the military and all that, I was talking about false structures of society. Okay. Throughout, you know, the world, you constantly hear this phrase and everyone listening, you know, you probably have heard the phrase, let me break you down so I can build you back up. Right. Everyone's, everyone's familiar with that. For sure. You know, that's a lot of aspects, you know, all throughout life. So. In relation to the military, let me break you down so I can build you back up. What's really happening? They're not building you up to become better. They're breaking you down from a place of sovereignty. They're breaking away your sovereignty. They're breaking away your individuality. And they are rebuilding you back up into a machine that follows orders. And obeying someone else's orders as your primary function goes against the very nature of the sovereignty that is your soul. That is the truth of your being. So a lot of people believe that that phrase is something positive, but it is not. They are breaking you down to build you back up in their image of what they want you to accomplish. Dude, I have like tears in my eyes, goosebumps, all of it right now, because that was like source speaking through you regarding that. And that was so powerful. And the, the thing that I love about you right now so much is that like I could have never came up with that myself because I didn't go through that experience. And I love putting my own like heightened consciousness into different aspects of reality, but you've had, you've been in there and you articulating that in, in such a way. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. I thought that so many people, they, they go into the military with the mindset, you know, cause a lot of kids out of high school, they don't have a path for their life. They don't know what they want to do. So you're, they're like, all right, I'm going to join the, the Navy or whatever. And then they just become this machine that they may not have wanted to become in the first place. They sought that, you know, that foundation, but true foundation is of unconditional love of understanding emotions, trauma, relationships, because when we understand what we are and, you know, why we do what we do in relation with other people, the traumas that we hold, which cause certain projections onto others, then that is true foundation. That is true knowledge of how we can base our existence with ourselves, how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to others. It isn't about obeying someone else's orders. It's about knowing yourself from a place of unconditional love and emotion. Yeah. And that doesn't fly in the barracks, you know, Oh no, no way. not even slightly, not even a little bit. I've seen enough movies to know. <laughs> yeah. And I actually got a lot of hate on that post from guys in the military, but I was like, well, I mean, you know, of course you're going to perceive that because you love it. But I was still in the military. So it's not like, I'm just, you know, saying this about the military. You know, I was like, like you said, I was there. So I was able to like experience it firsthand. And now, like you were saying, I reach these, you know, unconditional love frequencies of source. So now I can take those, I can take that knowledge and I can view my past situations and shine a new perspective to, you know, provide light for someone. So if they choose to go in the military, you know, still I have respect for you, but go in there with an awareness of what might happen while you are, you know, experiencing that. Yeah. So how was it for you? to have taken on these new character qualities that were instilled slash like programmed in by the military industrial complex, which is like overwhelming. I mean, it's designed to give you a new world that you can't mm. get out of. Everything is tied into that. Your finances, your relationships, your career perspectives, all of it. How was it for you to go from being in an indoctrinated military experience to reclaiming your sovereignty and moving back into a source alignment? So for me, um, you know, of course, when I first joined the military, I was in a state of being unhealed for the most part. I was running around with all my toxic patterns, my traits. I didn't really care about anyone else's emotions. And I kind of carried that through the military. And so the friends that I made were kind of based on those frequencies and you know, patterns, because that's what we shared together. Mm-hmm. So post-military, when I began my meditation practice, my spiritual journey, my conscious journey, I lost a lot of those friends because, you know, that's naturally what will happen when you undergo like severe mental, emotional, spiritual change. Certain frequencies, they just won't align with you anymore. And as I'm, as I'm sure, you know, most people on this spiritual path, you spend a lot of time alone, at least in the beginning stages, when you're really still connecting to who you really are, because you've lost the friends who you thought were your true friends, and you're still in the process of gaining your new friends. You're kind of in that in-between state. And so for me, that's kind of where I was for a lot of the time. I still don't have like too many friends, but that's, you know, that's like, it's always quality over quantity, you know, in that Mm -hmm. area. But so like you were saying, like, for me, what it was like, It was kind of just like really about honing my love for myself so that I could weather that time where I wasn't understood by anyone. So like we're talking about, it's always, it's so crucial to hold that unconditional love, hold that compassion for yourself. 
because in a world so riddled with chaos and separation and hierarchy, there's not so many people that will be there for you, understanding you in whatever form you come in. Because true unconditional love is accepting someone for who they are in all of their intricacies and all of their different levels. And so for me, I just had to find that for myself after I left the military because I lost all those friends due to my internal changes. So I was in that, that weird kind of in-between twilight phase where it was just me. And so I just had to build my foundations. And so if anyone out there is going through that, it's crucial to build that compassion for yourself, build that unconditional love for yourself, because you are your own savior. No one else is going to come to save you. You are your own savior. Other people can guide you and show you a path, but it all comes down to you in the end. And I will always stand by that. Yeah. And that is the most quality <laughs> words, articulation of the energy that you can really get out of this. Having unconditional love is a celebration of everything that you experience, the wonderment of it. And when we have unconditional love for ourselves, we can have wonderment in our own creation, our own thoughts. And then we extend that to those that we meet and we don't need them to be any different. We just need them to be them truly, authentically, who and what they are so that we can celebrate them as their perfect being without any expectations or judgment. Were there times when you were in the military where that inner self was conflicting with the experiences that you were having? So while I was in, I kind of, um, you can say my inner self was almost severely suppressed. Um, and like, I just, cause I only started, I actually, before I got out, I started my like meditation towards the end of my service. So when, when I had months left in my contract, that's like when I started meditating. But throughout like the majority of my time there, I didn't really pay attention to like a conscious inner voice. I kind of just like, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want? I wasn't really too focused on like the collective, if you will. And mm -hmm. that for such a huge like 180 turnaround, because now that's like my entire life. And I think that like gave a strong foundation it's more proof that, you know, no matter what you go through, you always have the ability, you have the chance to, you know, make that, make that change if you really want to. And, you know, like you were saying, uh, my experience in there, it's kind of like, it's so, it's so like adverse to what I'm experiencing now in my life path now. And it's just, it's beautiful to witness that change, but it is not an easy change. And I'm sure, you know, you can vouch for that. It's not an easy change, you know, going from, a conditioned life that everyone else tells you, oh, you need to do this. You got to be like that. It's such, it's a beautiful thing to witness, you know, Yeah. when you begin to feel that power emerging in your own life to the ability to create reality as you see fit for yourself individually, as well as, as well as for the collective. Yeah. And I think that like you mentioned, you mentioned in the collective, that's the one thing that we get tapped into as we do our meditation, as we grow spiritually, we realize that we are so powerful. And each one of us, every single one of us is having an enormous impact in the world. Every single one of us. When you have this increase in consciousness, you want your impact to be one of love, of growth, of evolution. And it comes down to very, very simple, subtle things, but maybe like the tone that you take with people. 
Maybe like the way that you walk, maybe the way that you move in the world, holding the door for somebody or just looking upon people graciously, treating people in your life tenderly, treating yourself tenderly. It's such a harmony of like the as above, so below, as within, so without phenomenon of our reality that that internal change like basically changes the color of your light. Your light becomes brighter. It becomes more clear. It reaches farther. And you go inward to find these new levels of love and unconditional experience within yourself. And then the work is to bring that into your human experience to merge what you find in your deepest meditations, your deepest supernatural experiences, your metaphysical aspects, and then to merge that with your ego so that your ego is a reflection of all of that beauty that you have within. And I honor everyone who's, who's on that path because like you said, it's not easy. And the one thing that you have to recognize is that all the channels are around us all the time. The unconditional love channel, the, the fear channel, all the different channels. So like as you're walking through life, you may walk into a space where they're on the fear channel or they're on the anger channel. And your unconditional love channel, you can feel the difference between those two frequencies, literally in the space, in the air, or maybe in the aura of the people around you. And in those moments, it does like two things which are extremely powerful and valuable. Number one, it can remind you of how like elevated your uh, conscious experience is in the state of love. Because you're like, man, this isn't like there's like I can recognize that they aren't there right now in this moment. And the other thing is, is it gives you the opportunity to hold that space of love within yourself and to integrate it into that space. And maybe like it could be anything like you walk into the deli store and there's like some anger, some frustration in that place. You see it. And in yourself, like you just exude love, exude harmony, exude peace. And then the non-physical metaphysical happenings in that environment are shifting and changing just because you are holding your own space and not becoming the environment. You are in introducing your own chemical reaction of love into that space. And that's how powerful we all are. And I, I know you know that, Jacob, now. Yeah, that, that's pretty awesome that you're talking about that because I totally resonate with that 100%. You were talking about like different lenses that fear could give you, that love could give you, because that's all it is. It's like whatever, whatever you are carrying with you, the traumas that you are carrying, all of these things, like you were talking about the environment, they can all affect the lens that we view reality. If you are someone who is viewing reality through love, through unconditional love, you're going to experience more harmony and peace in your life. If you're experiencing reality through the lens of fear, you're going to bring more separation into your life, more blocking of others. You're going to bring a sense of hierarchy. Oh, I'm better than you. You're better than them. That's all hierarchy. And some of, you need to be very careful, you know, which lens you are viewing reality from, because some of them are aligned with truth and other of them as the fear lens is misaligned. It's out of line with truth. Because there is no, there is nothing to fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real, you know. I'm sure you've probably heard that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just crucial to understand, you know, and look at your trauma because your trauma can change the lens that you are viewing reality from. So are you viewing reality from a place of fear, separation, or are you coming from a place of unconditional love and just open-minded acceptedness for reality, for the experience itself? Because when you are being open-minded, when you're being unconditionally loving with everyone, 
then your energy from being that in that open-mindedness space, you're holding that space for others to join you in that open-mindedness space. And then together, you're all collectively bringing that power because individually you are powerful. But then when you, when you hold that open-minded state, that embracing state for all the individuals around you, you are increasing that power tenfold to the entire human collective, to the collective beyond this earth. And it's just so powerful to understand that. Yeah, it is. It's empowering. It's powerful. And the thing about the lens is it's like a two-way mirror. It's like your lens is going to be how you receive all the information around you. It's going to go through that lens. And the other side of it is how you create is going to come out that lens too. You're going to create through your frequency and you're going to receive through your frequency. And each one of us is on a different bandwidth. But the those of us that are moving into the higher states of consciousness, meaning love, and the, even the word higher is really lost in this explanation. It's just a choice to be closer to your divine nature. And what you said about judgment, you know, it's so true. And the thing about judgment is when you put anybody on a scale of judgment, no matter what you're judging them on, intelligence, finances, looks, success, you name it, you're really judging yourself because you're finding a place to put them on a scale that's adjacent to your own position and it has to do with your own ego. So it's if you're judging other people, it's because you still have judgment toward yourself. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing, so to speak, but it is something for you to be aware of so that you can work through it and further heal. Oh, that's 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 beautiful that you said that. Just the, that's like such an important part of this whole thing, you know, shadow work, trauma, because that shadow work, that's that one thing that we're talking about, how you're talking about how you view someone else is just, you know, a perception of your own self, your own judgments. And shadow work, that gross, you know, that nasty, that crunchy inner work mm-hmm. that nobody themselves. Because as humans, you know, it's natural. So you don't want to own up to certain aspects of yourself. But that's what the whole game is about. It's taking yeah. account for those aspects of yourselves that in your previous, you know, situations in life, you wouldn't have taken those accountabilities. Yeah. But if you have that time to look at yourself in that uncomfortable light, then you have a stronger foundation for unconditional love. And the more work you do, the more you inspire others, the more you can show them, okay, you never have to feel alone. And it's really hard to, you know, like I was saying earlier, take accountability for those aspects of yourselves that you were suppressing, you know, that everyone told you, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Just, you know, focus on the external, focus on all that, focus on your job, focus on all that. But when you focus too much on the external, it takes away your awareness of yourself. And when you take away your awareness of yourself, you lose touch with who you even are as a being. All these distractions of the external, they're all placed there to take you away from yourself. Because the more you connect to yourself, the more powerful you become as a being. And so shadow work, it's so crucial to understand that it is a hard thing to do. It's hard to look at yourself in that way that you're not always right, that you know you are wrong sometimes. And that's just such a crucial aspect because you can understand, okay, as I go through this deep part of myself, the dark part of myself, you begin to understand that darkness is not the enemy. Darkness has wisdom to teach you just as the light has to teach you. Because if you look at, you know, Eastern philosophy, the yin-yang symbol, everyone's aware of that. It's about finding the light within the dark and vice versa. There is no, there is nothing scary about it. There, it, can, it can feel scary, don't get me wrong, but there is great wisdom to be found in the darkest parts of yourself 
And again, that part I will also stand by as well. Yeah. And I love what you're saying. I've got so much to riff off of with that. You know, one of the things about the darkness is it's just as beautiful as the light. Every picture, every painting, even the sky itself, there's contrast between the darkness and the light, and they need each other to exist so that we can perceive them. And the thing about the internal darkness, it's like parts of you to shine light on. That's what it is. It's like it's dark because you haven't acknowledged it yet, but in acknowledging it, you're achieving enlightenment in those aspects of yourself. So the darkness that we are in is the womb. It's the void that we can work within, that we can create within the feminine energy. And the doings of the internal work is part of the transformation. It's so important for us to be able to set our egos aside and recognize that we are egoically products of our environment initially, products of our parents their unhealed traumas and maybe their own upbringings even. So when we acknowledge certain patterns that aren't in alignment with absolute unconditional love, that's where we can have our most growth. And the most easy way for you to find those things are your triggers. The things that happen that snap you out of your state of being, that put you in a anger, frustration. And the one thing that I wanted to mention in regards to what you said, which is so awesome about being in like the fear state or being in the darkness is that the opposite of fear, I used to think it was love. Like a lot of new age people, they're like, it's fear and love, but that's not how I see it anymore. I think love is a state of all. I think that the opposite of fear is trust. I think if you trust, you trust the universe, you trust your own spirit, you trust everything then that's the opposite of fear. Because fear is saying that like, I'm afraid of what could happen. Trust is saying no matter what happens, I know that I'm held. I know that I'm supported. I know I'm on my infinite journey. And you have to get to certain levels of consciousness within yourself to have that trust in every situation, no matter what it is across the entire board. And that trust is also a part of the unconditional love frequency. Wow, yeah, that's profound. The opposite of fear is trust. That's a good one. Yeah, just make sure you put write Sean Energy at the bottom when you <laughs> when you write that. Tag me in it. <laughs> yeah, I think you know fear. It can it can be such a powerful lens, and when you and it can be dangerous. I think when you ha- when you are living from the fear lens, but you don't even know that you are living from the fear lens because of how you've been raised. Like you're talking about generational patterns. Fear feels so normal to so many people that they wouldn't even be able to identify that they are living in a state of fear. So if somebody walked up, if like someone like you or I walked up to them and say, are you living in a state of fear? Like, no, no, man, this is just how I live. This is awesome. Like, it's like they wouldn't even be able to, you know, discern for them what is love, what is trust or versus what is fear, because everyone around them is living in that state of fear because such a small amount of people are willing to look at that darkness, willing to jump face first into the void. So they are unable to, you know, discern, okay, maybe I am living in fear. Maybe, maybe there is trauma. Maybe there is some cellular memory going back beyond like my parents and their parents. And maybe I can like, you know, take it upon myself to become my own savior, to become my own light within my own darkness so that I can, you know, have my own wisdom for myself. And then I can share that, share that what I found with others so that they can be inspired to take action for their lives. And I just think it's powerful, you know, because a lot of people, 
I feel like this is within everyone too. Sometimes we don't know if we are living in a state of fear until we take that time, like you're talking about triggers, and we explore those triggers within us and really try to, you know, understand, okay, why is this triggering? Why is this triggering to me? Why am I feeling this way around this person or this situation? And then that will inevitably lead you to, you know, be able to embrace a deeper aspect of yourself that was hidden within trauma. I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. And the thing that's so awesome about discovering new healed aspects of yourself is like you will be wowed by the wonderment of your own creation and your own internal ability to see the world in a different way that's so dichotomously opposite to how you were before these awakenings. We've all been there. Anybody who's had any bit of growth, it's like your whole life, A plus B equals C or one plus one equals two. And now that same situation, those same experiences, they don't equal the same outcome for you internally. You don't create within yourself the same way as you always did because now you have a, a more deepened awareness of yourself and also a new like lens, a new frequency, whatever words you want to use that you're creating from and you're seeing the world from where before you might take offense greatly to how somebody speaks to you or treats you in a certain circumstance. But now through your ascendant personality, you see that this person is struggling within themselves to have harmony and that's bleeding out into their experience and you're witnessing it. Very different. Oh yeah, totally. That's like you're talking about that, maintaining that observer perspective of being safe within your own being and understanding, okay, me being possibly where they have where they are now i can understand that they're experiencing you know their traumas they're projecting onto me that which they have not explored within themselves yet and so i think that allows you to hold a deeper sense of unconditional love for them even though they are projecting onto you because yeah. you've been you understand where they are coming from and why they are projecting onto you and because you understand that you can then hold them in that sacred space without lashing out back, without getting triggered by them. You can maintain that level of peace in that situation. Yeah, and you're not co-creating the same frequency that they're putting out, which is very common. That's what we do. We co-create. And when, uh, when there's like a very like powerful frequency, no matter what part of the spectrum it's in, a lot of times people fall into alignment with that frequency and then they'll create within it. Some people, when they're around anger, when they feel that anger, what they create is like a, like a sadness in themselves or like they can't handle it. You know, they freeze up. There's all these different aspects of psychic energy that are happening in our creations. And like you said, holding that space of the unconditional love, I look at it like it's alchemy because like the air element, the heart element, it's transmutational. It can take all that density and it could turn it back into pure air again. And one of us or many of us in the environment has to hold the space of the openness of air, the power of it, the life force of it, the prana in the actual experience of life. So I'm glad that you're on the wavelength. And it's just so fascinating to me that like those of us that end up here, like we're speaking the same language and we're experiencing life at, at a higher level, like truly, like we're experiencing a different reality than mass consciousness. And it's so important. It's so powerful and so beautiful. I want to ask you, what yeah. uh, meditation techniques did you use off the bat? Did you just like, I'm going to meditate or did you like research things? Like, did you have any like lineage or, or disciplines that you followed? So I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Honestly, in the beginning, mm -hmm. I, um, 
I kind of just first I started out with an I had an app on my phone that I downloaded and I just followed that. It was like some, you know, chakra aligning, you know, techniques, body scanning, stuff like that. And then eventually I used that for probably like, you know, maybe maybe like a couple months or so. And then I kind of, you know, went off on my own. I like learned about like, okay, you know, like we're talking about the prana, the life force, the breath. You know, I learned about like the chakras. And then so now I kind of just go by myself. I kind of maintain the awareness of my body, of my state of being, my consciousness, my energy, my connection to infinity, my connection to unconditional love. And as I'm meditating, I just, you know, I allow those infinite, unconditional love, energetic, formless frequencies to kind of become me. Because in truth, that's what we all are at our core. We are beings of infinity. We are beings of unconditional love. And that's really what I try to really connect into as I'm meditating. Because as I become that, it allows me to greatly expel that energy within my aura, within all the environments, the different rooms, situations that I encounter in life. And then I believe that, you know, every person you encounter, if they are even conscious or unconscious, they can still be affected by your energy. Mm-hmm. And so I take it upon myself, you know, to connect into that infinite, unconditional love energy, then hopefully that's what they experience from me. And then it you know, kind of like rubs off on them and then they rub it off on someone else. And, you know, it's like a, a mass effect. And that's, yeah. that's like what I'm a lot. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got nothing to add to that because that's exactly what it is. Is like when you tap into that unconditional love frequency, it becomes a part of your aura. It's in your field. And we are rippling through time. And our invisible light waves are rippling through all of our worlds. Holding that frequency is a sacred honor that we hold. So has that sacred frequency in your meditation ever moved you to like tears? Oh, I count countless times, countless times. Mm. Like I'll, I'll be in that, you know, that deep trance-like state and then slowly I'll come out and then like, I'll just feel like the, you know, like the inner, like in your heart, you can feel the tears like building up and then you come out, you open your eyes or you sit back down and you can just kind of just like, you just like, you just want to hold yourself and you just want to let the tears just flow. And it's, it's not even a feeling of like sadness, you know, it's just like pure, just like bliss and just pure Mm. joy. And just love for love for everything, just love for the experience, love for yourself, love for, you know, everyone and everything in existence. It could even be like the smallest thing, like like your chair next next to your bed. You just you just have this feeling of just unconditional love for just everything. You really just realize how beautiful this entire experience is and just what our purpose is here, just to be expressions of unconditional love. And it's, yeah, uh, so many times I've been moved to tears. Yeah, I ask because of me too. And <laughs> what I find is that uh, my, my journey and my growth at one point came to be able to handle that frequency without like having it cripple me physically. Because like there is like that love, that love frequency when it builds up, it's like you get to the point where it's like you're so moved and the emotional, the chemical, physical part of your body is responding with like, with tears. And then in the beginning, it was like, that was like the finish line of the meditation. It's like, wow, I've been like, my physical body is like blubbering. I'm like sucking my lip, like, you know, in the frequency of love and compassion. I love how you said like, it could be anything. It'd be your chair. I'm like, dude, I see God in everything. There's nothing that can't move me to that level. 
which is really incredible. And then I realized that if I can get to that state and then not focus on like all the physical things that are happening in that, like all the changes that are happening, but maintain my love focus and allow it to blossom through me, like the tears may be pouring out, but you're still getting to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's like you get to a point where the oneness aspect of consciousness can literally take you out of the physical experience into the non-physical states of consciousness, whether you want to define that as an out-of-body experience or an astral experience. But literally, like you might go on a vision quest behind your closed eyes where there's crystal clear imagery being presented to you. You might get audible psychic messages. You might leave the body completely and go into ethereal space or be taken into a dimension of consciousness or into source presence. Have you had any of those transcendental metaphysical experiences? Oh, again, I got to say countless. So like an example I could give you, um, like you're talking about how like your tears, your emotions, they can kind of like project you deeper, as you're saying, if you kind of maintain like that level of composure while your tears are still flowing, it's kind of like a, it's like a catapult winding you down even farther just to launch you even further. And it's just, it's beautiful. Like you're talking about these metaphysical, these deeper experiences. It's like, you can feel yourself. Maybe you're being watched by like entities that are here to kind of support you in that such unconditional, beautiful way. And then you're talking about like these messages and it's, you can just feel like, yes, we are here. We are holding you and we are helping you to, you know, evolve your aura, your energy. And then others can be held within you and you all can become one within us because we are all, the truth is we are all here one together. We are all one consciousness being fractalized into a plethora, a myriad of beings walking each other home. And those deep experiences, it's like you are experiencing because we are those, we are multidimensional beings. And it's like these, these emotional states in meditation they take you to those deep dimensions of your own being, of your true multidimensional being, of that true nature of yourself. And that the love that is there, it is the truth of us. And just the feeling of that, in because it is infinite. There is no, in those dimensions, there is no death. There is no time. It is just infinity. It is just eternal. So feeling that space of eternal love and eternal presence It is something that there are no words to describe. And so it is so hard to like, you know, find those words at those certain times because the experience is just so beautiful and so profound. And you just want to stay there forever because you can understand that an infinite love is who you are. And when you have the the knowing of what you are, and then when you experience the knowing at the same time, it's like, it's that state of like that enlightenment existence. Because you first knew what you were, and then you experienced that knowing in the visual state. And that there's honestly no words to describe the beauty of that. I would say that you did a fantastic job right now of of explaining it in that first you have the internal experience of that alignment, and then the visual information, not necessarily perceived by your eyes but what you experience consciously, visually mirrors that frequency that you've attained in the same exact way that whatever frequency or lens you're looking at the world in, whatever you see is going to mirror that back to you. So when you get to those extremely profound levels of love, of source alignment, of 
oneness, then what you're perceiving on that frequency with your internal visuals, visualization, and not like your imagination, but like what's being given to you, what's being shown to you or what you're being taken, it's in alignment with that frequency. And I love it. I love it. I live for it. And I want everybody to have it because the bottom line is that when you have one of these experiences, even if it's not a complete breakthrough, even if it's just like a glimpse or a small feeling, like you're changed forever. You never go back to that old form. Nothing is ever the same. And you have a new level of strength, another brick in your foundation of your spiritual sovereignty, because now you've been gifted something that can never be taken from you, that you don't have to prove to anyone else, and that you found within yourself the greatest gift of all. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. What you just said, you found the gift within yourself. Yeah. That is, that is the truth. And it's like every day on this journey, you're unwrapping a new gift, a new, a new part of yourself that was previously hidden. As you experience more meditations, as you, you go through different modalities to you know, learn more about yourself, it's like there's always a new gift. And every new gift is, you know, it's a deeper gift. It's a bigger gift. And that's, it's, it's like almost like an addiction to yourself because there's just so much more to keep learning. And, you know, that's the whole purpose of this experience to learn about ourselves, to, to really be, to exist in our own presence, to become ourselves fully. There was this one uh, quote I made a while ago. It kind of has to do with like the ego, but becoming yourself. So it goes like, um, never become full of yourself, but become yourself fully. Because like a lot of people, they, mm. you know, they become full of themselves. Like, oh, I need to, you know, be better than this person. It's not about becoming better than anyone else. It's about becoming better than who you were. It's about unwrapping, you know, like you said, the gift that is within you. Becoming better than who you were yesterday. You are a gift to the world. and. Hey. You are too, man. Right here with you. Yeah, fact. So one of the things that I like to remind people in my in my own classes where I teach is that you are so sacred and so special and so profound. You in your own being, everyone listening to this, both of us, all the beings in the world, every single aspect of creation is so sacred. And the reason is because God itself chose to be you. It chose to be you. What a sacred thing to be, a creation of God itself, so that God can take the form of it and experience itself through that specific, beautiful articulation. Wow, yeah. Wow. You are the vessel that God chose to become able to experience itself. That is nothing truer. Yeah, that is, wow. Yeah, so pick yourselves up, guys. Pick yourselves up. You're not like the victim of your circumstance. You are the actor, director, producer, audience, and you're the critic. All at the same All at the same time. Jacob, this conversation has been so good. So awesome. I'm (laughs) inviting me here. Definitely a blessing. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you were so willing to to share your frequency with with myself and, and my audience. So everyone at home listening, you could find uh, Jacob on Instagram. It's whistling underscore merchant. That's W-H-I-S-T-L-I-N-G underscore merchant. He is a conscious mentor. He specializes in trauma healing, the unconditional love frequency. I mean, anything that you send this man is going to be transmutated into love, into 
healing and into the highest good. So make sure you guys check him out. Give him a follow, like some of his content, check him out. I, I watched a bunch of your stuff and that's why I asked you to be on the show because you know anybody who's harnessing that vibration, living in that spirit, I just want to bring us all together and give us some, some sense of community that there are like-minded, powerful spiritualists right here, right here in our world right now, people ready to help change this world for the better. And you know what? Not even change this world, but build a world that is worthy of your divine spirit. So Jacob, if you had the whole world listening all at once, everyone, what would you say? If I had the whole world listening right now, I would let them know that it is up to us to make the reality that we want. It is up to your choices. What do you, what are you choosing on a daily, a daily schedule? Are you choosing love? You never know what someone else is going through. So it's up to you. You can choose love or you can choose hate. You can choose fear. I always will say choose unconditional love because that is, that is who we are, the truth of our being. Return to that knowingness. Return to that frequency. And like you said at the beginning of this conversation, it can be something as simple as like holding the door, those small little pieces of harmony. Just you never know what someone is going through. You, know, you never know what internal struggles they are dealing with. So just returning to that unconditional love, that is, it's, it's a simple thing to do. And it is the simplest of things that have the most profound change. Incredible. It is the simple things. And open the door to your heart. Open the door to your divine self. Beautiful. Let yourself walk through it, knowing that you're going deeper into your own aspect of creation. You owe it to yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, to know what you are so that you can shine into your own life. You don't have to save the world. You have to save your world because you're worthy. Thank you for joining on this episode, everyone. Jacob, blessings to you. I honor your work. It's been a privilege to speak with you. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, thank yeah. you so much for having me, Sean. It's been a, a true honor and blessing to be here. Thank you so much for giving me a platform, you know, extending my voice. Because like you said, that's all it's about. Just building that community, building that foundation, building that love, letting people know that there are others out here that are experiencing these things. And it's all, it's all love. That's what we're here for. And I just want to say again, thank you for that. You're welcome. And don't ever stop. Keep on going. I would say I'll see you at the top, but in our hearts, <laughs> we're already there, my brother. Already there. All right, guys. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. If you or anyone you know would like to share your spiritual experiences on our show, you can send us an email at themonkonthemountain at gmail.com. If you'd like to inquire about spiritual training sessions or see more of our work, you can visit oneworldpeace.online. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Sean Energy at one underscore world underscore peace. Love and blessings.